The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Piercing Wizard Podcast. Uh, I'm pretty excited about my upcoming seminars that I'm working on for February. So I've got February 4th at uh, Dungeon Tattoo and Piercing in Orlando, Florida. And then a week later, Sunday, February 11th, I've got uh, a class at Black Lotus Tattoo Gallery in Hanover, Maryland. It's going to be called uh, Understanding and Applying Freehand Piercing Techniques. I I think that that's going to be really helpful to a lot of people. I know that I struggled with my freehand techniques just because I was kind of like missing that one piece of the puzzle. So I'm making a class about the piece of the puzzle. Um, It's going to be a six hour class. Uh, There'll be a a lunch break in there too. And I've got space for about 25 people at uh, at each place. I've got about half of my, uh, my registration full right now. So if you're interested in taking class and you are a professional piercer or professional apprentice, um, feel free to, uh, to check out the class. You can email me at ryanpba at gmail.com for registration info. And there are some Facebook event pages. So just go to Facebook, type in understanding and applying freehand piercing technique, or just go to my Facebook page, uh, ryanpba, and you can link to those events. Uh, open to piercers of all skill levels, but the uh, the caveat is you do have to be a professional. No amateurs, no kitchen magicians. Um, I will accept registration for apprentices as long as the apprentice comes with their mentor. I think that's a really important part with classes like this. These classes are really not for beginners. You know, there, there are going to be a lot of different safety issues that we're not going to be discussing, cross-contamination, things like that. So I'm going to have to count on the fact that you are already at a, a minimal skill level for, for all that kind of information. But if uh, if you want to learn some freehand piercing techniques, uh, come on down to the class and, and learn with us. If you are interested in hosting one of my seminars, I'm also looking to kind of tour with this over 2018. Uh, I think I'm looking to put together one or two seminars per quarter. So if you're interested and you're somewhere other than New England, uh, I'd be very interested, you know, whether it's within the U.S. or out. I I was already chatting with somebody about maybe putting on uh, a private class in the U.K. sometime in uh, the first half of 2018. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I like traveling and I like teaching and this kind of knocks them both out. Um, just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to some different piercer directories also. Uh, there's definitely the APP's member locator. You can find that at safepiercing.org. You can type in your zip code. You can find a, a body piercer anywhere in the world. If we have a member there, uh, it'll tell you. And there's another good uh, directory called yourlocalpiercer.com. That'll pull up a, a Google map. You can type in your area and you can see different body piercers using internally threaded jewelry, uh, good quality sterilizers. It's not based on a certification though, so I don't want to say that every piercer on there will be working under the same standards for safety or for jewelry, but if you're struggling to to find a body piercer in your area, maybe not sure of who has uh, good quality jewelry, good quality sterilizers, and some some reputable experience, uh, you can definitely check out those two different directories, yourlocalpiercer.com and the APP member locator on safepiercing.org. My guest this week is Scottish piercer Lola Slider. 
Uh, I, I didn't really interact too, too much with, with Lola over the years. Um, you know, a couple of like, hi, how you doing? like quick conversations. But this year at UKAPP, we really got a chance to, to sit down and talk. Uh, we actually taught some, some classes together. Uh, really great instructor, wealth of knowledge, really good at articulating that information. I feel like that's the, the big line between good instructor and, and not so good instructor is uh, you can have all the information in the world, but if you can't articulate that information and uh, help the, the attendees understand it, you're, you're really not a good instructor. You're just very skilled and you like to talk. But being a good instructor means that when people leave your class, they understand the subject matter better. And, and Lola definitely nails that. So our conversation kind of goes all over the place. Um, be warned, there's a, a really big chunk of us talking about wrestling because Lola's a wrestling fan. So I'd say that maybe 20 or 30 minutes out of this interview is us just talking about wrestling. So if you like wrestling, great. That's probably like Alex and I, I don't know who else out there it would be listening and, and actually likes wrestling, but you're going to listen to it anyway. So, you know, tough. Uh, we do talk about lots of really good piercing information, though. Lola is really passionate about uh, anodizing, um, really good outlook on, you know, how to get like consistent colors and uh, what to work on if you're struggling with different things. Also, Lola is a, a first time instructor, so we talk a lot about that, um, the nerves that kind of go into the preparation and uh, the execution of it. You know, she's taken lots of classes, so I'm, I'm sure that that really shaped how she wanted to teach a class. And uh, she did it really well, so it's a, a really good conversation. Um, we also talk about how not cool we are uh, as far as like the actual world goes, you know, so we you know we talk about wrestling and we talk about some other nerd stuff. Uh, we also talk about Tumblr and how we're both uh, pretty invested in like the dark side of the internet with Tumblr. That's where she posts uh, pictures of genital piercings that she's performed. And, um, you know, I'd like to say that I, I post cool stuff like that, but it's really just, it's mostly memes, uh, wrestling stuff, cute dogs, Rick and Morty, stuff like that. So uh, let's get into this week's interview with Lola Slider and I'll be back after. Uh, my name is Lola, Lola Slider, aka Lola FMT. Um, I work at Forevermore Body Piercing or Forevermore Tattoo Parlor in Glasgow. Cool. Uh, what, uh, what's your social media name? Lola FMT. Cool. On Instagram, Facebook? Everything. It's uh, Lola FMT. I think the only, that's Lola Forevermore Tattoo. The only one that's different is Lola Slider Genital Piercing on Tumblr, and that's just because it's for exclusive genital. Naughty bits. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I loved. I, I okay. I'm a Tumblr person. Like I, I like to joke and Tumblr say like you know. Tumblr is dark. Uh, it is. <laughs> um, so Ryan PBA, which is like my my piercer persona, is Facebook and Instagram and the places like that. You know the the safe places where I post like my my nicely edited photos. Tumblr is where like Ryan. Willette lives, you know, and I, it's like, it's not anything like, you know, gross or like, you know, gory or, or like uh, adult or anything. It's like, it's memes of like dogs and, and, and wrestling stuff, it's stuff like that. But that's where like, that's where I live. In a weird way, I think Tumblr is one of like those last places on the internet where it's just a mess. Like you can do anything you can say. Yeah. And, like in, in like American so... terms, it's the wild, wild west. Did you know the not safe for work thing about Tumblr, by the way? I had so to like, learn that the hard way. I'm one of the people that helps run the uh, the APP's Tumblr, well, and we had to learn that the hard way. What I was going to say is the thing that I've had is, I don't know why this is, but see, when I go back through my Tumblr, all of the male genital piercings are safe for work, and the female genital piercings aren't safe for work, and I don't mm. know why they're categorizing them like that. 
And it's just one of those like weird Patriarchy, little things. Patriarchy, sexism, basically. Like, yeah. I just can't understand it. It must be some kind of like weird thing. Like, okay, you can look at this vagina and that's not safe for work, right. but you can look at this erect penis and that's totally safe. Although for work. Uh, I had a hell of a time. I, I had this like professionally edited video of me performing a, a Prince Albert piercing, and I had to jump through all these hoops with like Tumblr support, where they keep they kept banning it as pornography. And I was like, look, this is a professional service. I'm not like jacking the guy off. You know, I'm I'm performing a quality piercing. And they were like, well, okay. And then they finally approved the video, but it was actually a hassle. Yeah, weird. Anyway, Tumblr. So uh, today we, we taught a couple classes together, and, and you were yeah. pretty much nonstop all day teaching classes. Yeah, it was back-to-back -back from 10 in the morning till about 4-ish or something, so about six hours of back-to-back. -back. I was a bit worried that my voice was going to give out, but instead I have like this sexy Macy Gray husk going on, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Gravelly. Yeah, yeah. enjoying it. So we started with um, needle bending. It was yeah. you, myself, and, and APP President Jeff Saunders. Which is when I met him. Yeah. That's the time to meet someone. I don't know if you heard right. me, but when we were changing, uh, changing tables, I was like clearing everything away and he was like waiting to come over and yeah. I was like, talk about a baptism by fire. My yeah. God, like what a time to meet somebody. So that was like the first handshake, like, yeah. hello, Never we're teaching before. a class together, APP but President we didn't Jeff even, Saunders. But we didn't even get that because yeah. he just walked in like, when it was happening so like we didn't even get to say oh hey we're teaching a class together like it just started and then we well, were both there yeah so he's a machine so he was in california on the west coast of the u.s teaching the fakir intensives up until i think uh, what day is this this is tuesday up until sunday i think and then i think he was flying out monday uh and he went straight from california to wherever to wherever and then ended up here in birmingham england and then he, you know, today, teaching classes, waking up and teaching classes. And then tomorrow morning at like five in the morning, he's flying home. Like, that's, that's insane. Yeah, I heard that Brian had some difficulties with his car as well, like breaking yeah. down when he was in Spain or something like yeah. that. Like, I felt so bad when I went There's to bother something. him last night. For, yeah. Like, the same as with you, I went to get a quick chat with him beforehand. And he looked so tired. But it's like he's magical. I don't know where he pulls it from. Brian Skelly like, is inhuman. In the, yeah. the the best way possible, but he's inhuman. Like Allison met him for the first time today, and after because I described him to her, and afterwards she was like, "I know exactly what you mean. It's like he should be floating and not walking on feet, <laughs> right? And just drifting around like with his hands together, just serene and." He's like Buddha. Yeah, like he's like the piercing Buddha. Yeah, like I just I don't know where he gets it from. Like yeah, I don't know either. You know what it is though is like you know he's got such a happy family life. That he just like exudes this like satisfaction, you know, like he it's not an ego thing. Like he knows his skill. He doesn't he doesn't you know it, press that on anyone else. Like people know how good he is, and he's just so happy because like he lives the dream. He's got his family. He's got his children. You know, he's got his wife, and he gets to like go to these educational conferences and share his like wealth of knowledge and be involved in the APP. And it's like it's there's no pressure and, and like he's not trying to prove anything. He's just so happy. Yeah. I'm jealous of that. I am also jealous of that. You know, one day we can, when we grow up, we can, we can be Brian Skelly. Yeah. 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 That would be a good dream. I think. <laughs> yeah. So we taught uh, needle bending. Um, how do you feel like it went? Way better than I thought that it would have. Like I didn't yeah. know what to expect. I right. have never taught a class before. That was the first class that I've ever taught, and I was thrown into. Did I tell you how I had to start the class? No. Um, well, what happened was uh, everyone was sitting down, and I was sitting down, and then I thought, oh well, I probably shouldn't be sitting because I'm not going to be sitting. So I got up to give someone a seat. This was at like ten, and everyone fell silent because I stood up. 
Like, right. And I was like, like waiting was, for you to say something dramatic. There was this dramatic. awkward moment where all of a sudden everyone went quiet and I went, oh, I'm not starting. And they were all like, <laughs> right. well, it's 10. So I was right. like, and then I was like, oh, um, do you, do you want me to start? And then they were like, yeah. And then I was like, okay. Uh, and then I just had to like start. And that was yeah. my first time teaching in class yeah. was like, I'll just start. I'll just well, begin. See, begin that's at the, the thing beginning, about go on to the end, and then stop. Coming to the UK is everyone's so polite here, especially compared to Americans. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it pretty dramatically too. Like as a good example for for my class uh, yesterday, you know, it started at I don't know, I forget the time. Let's say two, and I went in at like one fifty five, and I was just walking up to the front, and I was gonna put my bag down, and then I was gonna go out and find the laptop that I'd be using and all that stuff. And as soon as I walked to the front of the guy, everyone was like, chatter, 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 and then dead silence. And I was like, uh, we're not, we're not starting yet, everybody. You know, go ahead and have your conversations. But everybody just immediately stopped and just like looked forward and it was intent to, to start learning, you know? And I was just like, man, if that was the APP conference, I'd have to be like, hey, everybody, shut up for a minute, put your phones down and, and let's learn some stuff. Yeah. I think the thing that I liked about this weekend so much was that the fact that like, there's so many things that you do day to day that you don't even give any credit to and you just think, well, everyone knows how to do this. I mean, surely everyone knows how to do this. So I was right. like, who like who on earth would want to see me sit and watch Ben Blades? You like know, such like, a, you, you would, would someone... think it's such a simple, obvious subject, yeah, um, but it's but not. A lot of people had a lot of really interesting questions mm -hmm. and it gave me a chance to practice um, talking to like a smaller group of people because the next class was larger and then right. the next class was larger. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it just helped me like... It definitely seemed like it, it was a, really a comfortable transition for you, definitely. basically. You know, you start with a round table, Plus, small kind of, com and then you end up with your big class. The first class for me was basically teaching a half hour class three times. Right. So I was really just repeating myself to three different groups. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of good, just to kind of like try and remember what I told the last group and what yeah. I told the next group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it was kind of scary, and I tried really hard not to get psyched out by it because Salah was like right there, and I was just like, I don't care that you're there. I'm gonna bend these. Blades. Anytime Salah is in like, the room, you know that if you, you if you give him the opportunity and you just glance at him, he would just stand up and start teaching the class. You yeah, know? that yeah. is so organic and like, yeah. I mean, again, just like Brian, he's just a ball of like right. educational right. energy like it's like a it's like a ball like and you don't want to go so like it, lighting that fuse yeah it's as yeah. if he's like i'm going to teach this class and then i'm going to hit the wave <laughs> and he's just like i will never be that cool right like i could try my whole life and never be as cool as seriously, that seriously like, sala is the coolest I person to, i know i've said to a lot of people that like when i was a teenager there was like um or when i well when i was like 16 years old i would go and get pierced at a place and there was a woman there who was a bit older, but she was tanned and she had a child, which was like, oh, you can do this job and have children. And like, she had really long dreadlocks and they were so long that like her hair had grown and they were at the end. And I was like, I, I will never be as cool as women my whole life. And I've worked and worked and now I have her job. Oh, not in the same shop, obviously, but I do what she does. I don't feel cool. <laughs> I think young people laugh at me when they come in. Like Every now and again, I'll get someone that thinks I'm kind of cool and I'll really revel in it as much as I can. I don't think people think that I'm cool. You know what you need? Like, you, need you need dreadlocks, I guess. Yeah, do you think it was like the like rat tail dreadlocks and maybe, the tan and everything? Maybe that's it, yeah. Yeah, I'm start too, tanning yeah. a bit. Do Scottish, can Scottish people tan or do you just like burst into flames? Scottish people can tan, like a lot of people use sunbeds and a lot of people use tanning products, which right. is a piercer. I don't know if you like encounter this day to day, but it's a complete nightmare because you're just scrubbing away the skin for the longest time to wait for all the brown to come off. Right. And yeah. knowing full well that when they leave, they will put it back on. Yeah. And 
there's so little that you can do about it other than tell them it's a terrible idea. I don't get too many people with fake tans in my area, but I, I don't know what it is about younger people especially, but they, it seems every year it's it's the trend to wear more and more like foundation and like base makeup. Sometimes I'll wear like a gradual tan on my legs because I wear trousers all the time. Like my arms will get like a tiny, tiny tan. Mm-hmm. So like I'll put like the tiniest bit on my legs to make them match my arms, but I can't really have a tan, I don't yeah. think. I, I, I can't tan. I go from white to red. We That's have a, an expression in, in Glasgow, sun's out, guns out. Do you have that? <laughs> uh, no, but it's a fantastic... Well, I, I'm sure we do, but it's a fantastic saying. Yeah, like everyone's just taps off in the summer. Like as soon as it hits, like what would the equivalent be? Oh, even if the sun breaks through the clouds, people's t-shirts are off even if it's freezing. Yeah, yeah. Because that's summer. It's not It's not freezing, it's summer. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to Glasgow. I want to go. I've been to Edinburgh, but that's that's about it. It's it's difficult to like describe when you live there, but one of the bits of feedback that we get an awful lot is that Glasgow is much friendlier than Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and it really tries to like it prides itself on being better than Edinburgh because there's like the rich poor divide. Glasgow's like. Uh, I think there's a larger population and it's a working class city. Like the entire city is built on the backs of like the shipyards and the docks and everything. Whereas Glasgow, whereas Edinburgh rather, is like basically just like a northern branch of Westminster. Mm-hmm. They have all of the uh, the landmarks and visually it's probably prettier to look at, but you probably will have a better time in Glasgow. You know, you can go out on an evening and end up anywhere with the nicest people. And yeah. like everyone's super interested to know where you're from and hear all about you and like... Edinburgh is almost like, you know, like macro London in some ways. Um, <clears throat> Edinburgh was very touristy for me. I, yeah. I went there to see like Rosalind Chapel. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I like, went about, yeah. For the buildings, it's beautiful. But mm-hmm. like if you want to go somewhere where you actually want to like experience people and right. like, I suppose, culture Glasgow. and that kind of thing, then Glasgow's probably a little bit more mm-hmm. apt for that. But I had a great experience. Uh, so a few months ago, I'm a huge wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, it seems like you're a wrestling fan. You went to SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, it was so much fun. Yeah. Like, it was so much fun. I've never, like, I can't believe that we even managed to go. Yeah. Um, the funniest thing happened, like, my uh, my husband realized that SummerSlam would be that weekend. Yeah. And he said, we can go and see the building that SummerSlam's in. And I said, why don't we check if there's tickets? Right. And then we got tickets and went. And he was because like, that's a smarter. way better yeah. idea. Yeah. So, like, he was, we were... That just shows how like removed we were from the possibility of going. That we were like, we could look at the building that right, it's in. Right. We got inside the building. Hey, you know what? You can give the money, and you're allowed to yeah. go inside and watch. And it's so much cheaper to go to SummerSlam in Brooklyn than it is to Raw in Glasgow. Really? Way cheaper. Wow. Because there's like there's only ever been one Raw in Glasgow ever. Really? Yeah, only one. They tour so frequently. I would imagine that it would happen at least no, like once a year. No, no, they never. They never come to Scotland. They, oh. They'll stop in you if they're doing like a European tour. They're like one in London and maybe one in Manchester. Okay, like O2 like, Arena or whatever. Something like that. But yeah. they have never ever been to Glasgow before, wow. apart from the one that I was at. Okay, cool. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So SummerSlam, how was that main event? Was it awesome? Now what was the oh the was that the Brock Lesnar? It was like, it was like yeah, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe. It was really really good. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you feel about the whole Roman Reigns thing. Have you been keeping up to date with him and John Cena and their promos they've been cutting together? Yeah, that was so that was brutal. They are so much fun. Like yeah. we were literally just sitting like children, like like ah they went there, you know, like yeah. oh did you see the bit where like he made the joke about having like a big penis? No, I didn't see that like, part. Like, um, John Cena was like, oh, you come out here and your fly's undone. And then Roman Reigns was like, yeah, burst it, big dog. 
And then like it seemed like an ad lib that was just like, oh, Roman, what are you doing? Yeah. You can't make clear jokes. It doesn't feel right. Like, no, it felt really weird. And but like, it was just so funny. I'm yeah. just happy to see him doing something. Something, like, yeah. Something, anything, anything that's not just saying it's my yard right. over and over again. Yeah. Like, I'm not just, a good guy. I'm uh, not a bad guy. You're nay guy. guy. Like, so my, okay, so back home I have my, I call him my wrestling boyfriend, Matt. We, we go to all these different shows together and all that stuff. He intensely hates Roman Reigns. Intensely hates Roman I, I get I get what Roman Reigns is trying to do and I get it and I'm open to it, but I'm not a fan or anything, but he hates Roman Reigns. Yeah. I love Cesaro. Yeah. Cesaro is the How hardest working man Cesaro? in show business. Yeah. Like everyone that works with him, like everyone that works is like uh, working with, uh, like, what is it, Claudio? Mm -hmm. um, they're like, it's Claudio the, Castanelli. Yeah, yeah, it's like... He makes everyone better, right. and he's just so much fun and so entertaining. You and know what's like... great, and I, I, I kind of like, I never appreciated it at the time. I'm from the Northeast U.S., and we have, are you familiar with Ring of Honor? Yeah, So little. Ring of Honor does, does shows That's all the time. That's where a lot of people like started that are in WWE now. Yeah, and years ago, I got to see Kevin Steen, who is Kevin mm -hmm. Owens. I got to, I went to one show, and on that one show, there was Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, Claudio Castanelli, who was Cesaro, um, Austin Aries, uh, Tyler Black, who's Seth Rollins, and so many different wrestlers, and Daniel, Brian Danielson, who's Daniel Bryan, all that stuff. Uh, Sarah Del Rey, uh, who is, uh, she, she trains all the women at the, the Performance Center and all that stuff. I got to see all of them on a show, and it's like, I didn't appreciate it at the time. Oh, and El Generico, who's Sami Zayn. I got to see all of them, you know, and it, it was and it was an amazing show, but I never really like thought like, oh, you guys are all going to be like main eventing WrestleMania in a few years. Are you missing Sami Zayn since he's been buried? <sighs> I love Sami Zayn, but I, I was sick to death of, of seeing what they were doing with him. Was I would there, love him to get a good opportunity. Was there not part of you that was hoping that when the other week there, when Kevin Owens was asking him to be the referee and for them to team up, that they would do it? Like, just to... Get him to do something because you know they're what so I could see? good together. You know what I could see because they still push them as like a, a feud. We hate each other. Yeah. You know what? They would be amazing tag team partners. Yeah, but like a, like a love to hate kind of tag team. Right. Like, right. That would just be like really Sheamus and Cesaro. They're just so good together. I mean, they carried that 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 portion of the season where it's like, remember when it was like every night it was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Right. They carried that thing, exactly. like, and every yeah. match was killer. Right. And it's the same with like Cesaro, whoever they put him with, and he gets so little credit. Yeah. No title runs for anything. Right. I'm yeah. loving him and Sheamus so much. Yeah, it is good. Like, I was okay, so I was at WrestleMania, and WrestleMania was great and all. You know, I, I don't think it was the best WrestleMania, but not the worst. But the Monday at the Monday the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, where they had the Sheamus and Cesaro. Da da da. That was insane. Like, what was that? It was where so did that good. come from? And I don't. I don't know. Nowhere. Like it just. It was amazing. Like it was like everyone was just drunk and like one person started uh, and then it just wouldn't end. They booed Roman Reigns for ten minutes straight. In uh, in when they came to Glasgow, I think they yeah. eventually ran into some problems with the, like the live filming because the crowd wouldn't stop singing the uh, you know the Hey Bailey song. Really? Like it went on for so long. Yeah. That they actually like were starting to like panic a little bit and then eventually Sasha Banks like sang along with the crowd a little bit and then everyone laughed and like managed to break it but it went on for so like if you start a sing-along in Glasgow like there goes the whole two hours like yeah. they will just sing right like and the, oh my like the the new day I'm not a massive new day fan mm -hmm. by which I mean I don't like the new day terribly much like I really I just find them a little bit like 
I'm just, they were on top for so long, mm -hmm. I just got really fed up of it. And I felt yeah. that when Gallows and Anderson had that big push, they really like jumped the shark a little bit. And right. like, they should have dropped at that time. You know what, what really, and... you, what, you know, you could see that moment that they turn into like a who cares act instead yeah. of like a, they're terrifying to yeah. when they had that, like we're doctors and we're going to talk about your balls and all that yeah. stuff like that killed them right there. Yeah. Um, but the, uh. What was I going to say now? Oh, yeah, when they came out in Glasgow, they did the whole Braveheart thing, and it was yeah. really funny. And, yeah. like, they had, like, the audience shouting out lines from the movie that they didn't even know they would do. But yeah. that's something where it's such a well-known movie mm -hmm. that, like, I don't think... that I honestly don't think they knew that the audience were going to shout back at the times that they did, but that's how well-known it is. And it was just, like, sometimes something like that would just be really cringing. You'd be like, oh, seriously, you're out here with the kilts. Right. But have a couple of beers at a wrestling show and everyone's just like... We love yeah. you! Yeah, like, yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like it, like it landed really well, which it definitely might, like, not have done if it hadn't have been, like... You know, appropriate or whatever, but it was really funny because right. I don't like them very much. But yeah. on that night, they were yeah. really funny. Sometimes you get magic, and it's like it's same thing at like that that raw after WrestleMania. Sometimes you would normally hate somebody, but like it's just like I'm gonna cheer you, and you're so amazing, and this is great. Just the energy. I like them as like individual performers mm -hmm. a lot of the time. I just hate how many matches end with like right. interference, and right. I just feel like it's a bit of yeah. a cop out a lot of the endings. time. And, yeah. But like Kofi Kingston's amazing, mm -hmm. and like Biggie's amazing. I'd love to. I see can see Biggie as a world. Old heavyweight champion yeah he's you know? so funny but he never gets an opportunity like that no. you know but I mean at least they get opportunities with those tag belts yeah 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 who is it is it still the Usos right now uh it is the Usos right now I heard some rumors that they want to start to make um the the tag team titles turn over a little bit more because they want the t yeah. the, the new day to basically be the the most frequent tag because they're like the longest reigning they already have yeah. that record but they also want them to have like the most like total tag team championships. I don't know. Like I think they're really forcing a lot of those records. I think they should just it give is. us what we all want and give us Fandango. Yeah. Or Breezango. Breezango. Yeah. I love Tyler Breeze. I've always loved Tyler Breeze. Did you see the one where he's like, like dressed as a janitor and like yeah. rolling out? And he was like tripping in, in with, the, with the with the. I was dying at home. Like yeah. it was the. That it was, was the, so good. Yeah, it was so. Good. I got to I got to meet him at uh, Fan Access oh, at really? WrestleMania week. I got autographs for him and Fandango. I think so they nice. would be so nice. Like, it really just, would. They seem like they're literally traveling the world, like making people laugh and just like living the dream. Exactly. And, like, yeah. Their job seems like so yeah. much fun. And they were both just kind of like buried until they put them together in one of those like who cares tag teams and then it was magic. Yeah. But the same thing with Seamus and Cesaro. Yeah. They're you so know? funny Not together. to say who cares because I think both of them are fantastic wrestlers, but they never really got a good break. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But remember, we're both body, we're both body piercers too, and we're at this oh, yeah. conference. So let's probably bring it back to because I'm sure a lot we of people are listening about this to the podcast like all day. I would. It's my secret. You dream should have like a second podcast. To have a wrestling podcast. Well, I'm I'm going to that that wrestling show this Friday in Wolverhampton, yeah. and it, I'm gonna I'm going to attempt. So I've gone to a few shows before, and I've had a very like okay. So Trent Seven is just such a polite guy. And he, oh my he heard my accent and he's just like, oh, you're from the States? And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Boston. I flew over for the show. And he's like, you flew over to the UK for, for our wrestling show? And I was like, yeah, you know, this is where it's at, you know? And he was just so nice. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to let you buy this t-shirt. Take a t-shirt. And I was like, oh, come on. Just let me buy That's the damn so t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fantastic guy. Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, they're, they're great guys, you know? And I'm going again this, this Friday and they'll be there. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll that maybe feel maybe guilty or polite enough to um, maybe just chat with me on on this microphone for like three minutes. Are they you like, know? like 
contractually bound to like not talk to certain people? Or are they allowed I would to imagine just talk not. to whoever? No, or? no. I mean, I don't want to bother them and be one of those like fanboys like, will you talk to me on my podcast? But hopefully they'll be nice. They, they actually came out to Boston a few weeks ago and they did a progress show. And like, okay, so this is how much of a, like a sucker I am. They're all vegans. And like, I make a oh, real... yeah. Yeah. That Tyler Bate and everything. But Pete Dunne and Trent Seven also. And I make a really good vegan banana bread. And I made one for Charlie, actually, when she came out to, to APP in Vegas. Uh, because, you know, she's Vegas and, I mean, she's vegan. And, like, you know, there's just crap food in the States sometimes for vegans. So I made her that. And, um, you know, she said she told me how nice it was. So I was like, you know what? These wrestlers are coming over and I'm a total fanboy. I'm going to make them one. So, you know, maybe now I can go over and be like, hey, if I buy a T-shirt, would you maybe just talk to me on my podcast for, like, two minutes, three minutes? Just the tiniest little thing. Throw me that little, like, piece of sugar. I would love that. Yeah, I think that there's a good possibility. Who that knows? Might. I don't want to get my hopes up or anything like that because you know they're busy guys and they're yeah. They I think have like the other do. thing as well is like for people like that, they don't know what your podcast is about, right? And like they don't know you. So what if you're like right. a crazy person exactly. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Trent Seven gets released because he appeared on like this crazy guy's podcast, <laughs> right? You know, like right, like, yeah, they don't totally. Know. Like totally. so if they say no, like it might have nothing to do with you. That's it might fine. Just be I like, won't be offended at all. Or yeah. even if they give me like the soft no, like oh well, we're really busy, we gotta go. To it's like you know what? It's totally fine. I don't want to be the. You gotta I don't ask. Be a hassle. You have to like. Put I, yourself I can't. Out I there. can't not ask. Yeah, at this point, I'm gonna actually be there with Charlie. I'm dragging her along with me. Um, but I, what I would really like to find is like uh, a wrestler that has some piercings like Alexa Bliss has a bunch of different piercings I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook so I'm going to try to maybe reach out and be like hey if you're ever around New Hampshire or Boston you know would you maybe just talk to me for five or ten minutes on what it's like being a professional wrestler with like surface anchors and forward helix piercings and if that ever becomes a problem for you or something you know or who knows like, uh... What are they calling Prince Albert now? Is it Tenzai or something along those lines? Well, he's a trainer now. His, his real name is Matt Bloom, so but, they just call him that. But what was his, like... Tenzai. It? Is it Tenzai? Yeah, okay. it was like this, like, fake... I'm I'm Japanese... Because he wrestled in Japan for a uh-huh. while, and it was like this fake, like, Japanese guy born, and he's very obviously not Japanese. No, there's you know? a few signs. Yeah. Know? He's like this giant American guy covered in tattoos. Uh-huh, that used to be Prince Albert with the, the yeah. big boss man. I met him, too, back when I, I... So when I was about 17 or... Are you familiar with Hot Topic? I, I've never obviously been to, but I know, is it like a sort of like alternative Hipster, clothing goth, alternative, type shop? Yeah, I worked there when I was about 18. And um, at the time, that's right when his Prince Albert gimmick started. And he carried this little briefcase. And his gimmick was that he was a body piercer, you know? And, um, you know, that he did his, his piercings and whatever. And he had a tag team partner who like was covered in tattoos. And when they would beat somebody, they would like fake tattoo their butt. Stuff like that, like dumb stuff. And he came in and he had this, you know, this piercing kit that had all these stickers on it. And when he just randomly, I guess, lived in the area or whatever, came into my store. And I was like, hey, man, you know, go great on your, your briefcase. We got all these stickers with piercing. And he's like, oh, thanks, random weirdo kid. And, uh, you know, signed an autograph for me. And, you know, nice guy. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool that they have, like, wrestlers and their gimmick is just having piercings. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat. But um, going back yeah. to actually talking about stuff that's that's <laughs> Sorry, related to... Sorry, we got lost again. We no, fell down the wrestling rabbit hole. It's so rare finding somebody who's also a fan of wrestling. Because it's like, I'd imagine it's what like insane clown posse fans are. It's like, oh, well, you're a juggalo you know, too? What I yeah. say to people is like, it's like my soap opera. You know how some people watch like, right. I don't know, like EastEnders or whatever the yeah. equivalent is. Like Home yeah. and Away or whatever. It's my soap opera. Exactly. So I don't watch any other TV, like weekly mm-hmm. TV apart from that. Right. So like... It's just like a big 
you know, pretend like right. clowning around. I got to catch up on my stories. Yeah, it's my stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, as far as like your job, yeah. you know, <laughs> piercing. Yeah. So we, we did the needle bending class. For me, I don't really bend needles different ways too much. I have basically two bends. I have like, you know, like a, like a V bend and like the umbrella bend. And, and that's pretty much, you know, so when each group switched, I would basically be like, here are my two bends. This is why I use them. Yeah. And then these are the other bends I know that I, and this is why I don't use them. So how many like different like needle bends do you use? Well, uh, I use like what you may have heard me call the Sherlock Holmes pipe bend needle, right. yeah. <laughs> which is basically like a U-bend with a little handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll use that uh, pretty much day in, day out for tragus piercings, okay. so unless there's like the odd occasion where I'll do like a straight needle back to front tragus piercing, anatomy allowing. Um, and I'll also use just like, the thing is Alison who works with me actually just prefers the straight U-bend. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of them kicking about. If it's a day and I have a tragus piercing to do and there aren't any of my wee pipe bends available, I'll use one of her ones. Like it's not a big thing, so I'll use them both. And then I'll use um, a couple of really gradual curves, you know, like curve to different degrees for rooks and doth piercings. So mm-hmm. I was showing them. And then I was also showing like a technique where you bend without touching the needle at all and just use tools and don't touch it with your hands at any Great. point. Yeah. So that was um, a little bit different. And I was also, I don't do a lot of 3D bending. I prefer to just keep things just flat so they can be used on either side. You don't have to figure yeah. out which side you're at because right. that yeah. can cause a lot of problems if you go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like a wee thing where I was explaining to people what's wrong with reversing and why you need to really make sure you're not getting into situations where you're reversing. Um, but if you are wanting to try try the 3D bend, I was like doing the S shape, doing the bend and then saying, okay, this is left. If anyone wants to photograph this, this is what left looks like. Right. So that when you're practicing in your studio, you'll know that is for the left. Because it is one of those things where like, it's so easy to recognize by eye. Mm -hmm. I literally go into my head and picture where everything is and picture myself doing the piercing and I'm like, okay, that's left. Mm -hmm. Because obviously everything everything is packaged flat. So you have to do it at the time when you're about to pierce someone when you're often yeah you know like maybe you're i don't know you're distracted by something else you need to make you need to really be confident on whether it's a left or mm-hmm. right bend otherwise yeah, just like, a, like a, if you're bending a nostril screw yeah like you yeah. have to uh basically try and make sure that you don't get backed into a corner mm-hmm. where you have to do a reversal and i was yeah i had a photo of like um for a, re- people. for a reversal for the people listening are you talking about like having to like back through it in like a insertion taper yeah i'm talking about yeah. like putting the skinny end of your insertion taper into uh, basically the blade side of the needle right. um, to do like an emergency reversal. Mm-hmm. And I would call it an emergency reversal. And I, what I would say to people was like, I've seen really, really good people uh, do emergency reversals when they're doing very complicated ear projects because there's a lot of other elements in play yeah. and they just need to get the smoothest, best result possible. And if it costs a needle reversal, it costs a needle reversal because mm-hmm. the outcome's going to be amazing. Yeah. But that should never be the day to day that you aspire to like because yeah. I feel like it demonstrates a lack of mastery over your tools because mm-hmm. you're getting yourself into a position that you can't get out of without doing an emergency reversal. Right. So if you're, why even bother bending? Why not just pierce it front to back and mm-hmm. Then rever- you know, like, exactly. why even bother with the bend? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, I, I why st- overcomplicate? I started for like a wee five minutes, just basically explaining. You're all here to bend needles. Why do we bend needles before we even start bending? Let's talk about why we bend mm-hmm. them. Why don't we just do needle reversal? So I talked about that for a little bit, um, and then I was like showing people like uh, the differences between like. You know, like we were talking about having like a symmetrical U-shape or having the cutting surface lining up with your handle, uh, about how tight the bend needs to be so that you don't distort the needle with upward pressure and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people understood it pretty well. 
Um, so I hope that it translated across okay. I think it did for me. I'm sure people. it did. Like it seemed like a lot of, you know, I, I always say like it's like you see that light bulb going off over someone's head where they they, yeah. they look for a minute and they look confused and then they're like. Oh, right. And the other good thing was as well, like, you know, there were people like Ollie, for example, was like, well, actually, I don't hold my needle like that. I hold my needle like this. And mm-hmm. he was showing me and I was like, well, that's totally different from how I hold my yep. needle. Um, and there were other people talking about like things that they feel like physically not strong enough to be able to do without mm. like distorting or like putting a huge amount of pressure on right. something. Because so, it's like it's a steel tube, basically. Sometimes it's tough to bend. That's why you should just never buy pre-bent needles. Like yeah. what is the point? It's so exactly. intuitive bending your own needles. Right, like right. it's not just like the bend that you want to create. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have to hold it in your own hands with your own fingers. Are you left-handed or right-handed? How yeah. do you support the needle yeah. when you do yeah, the yeah, piercing? Yeah. So, or the client's anatomy. Do you need a little bit more of a bend or less of a bend? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was actually way more. I was, you know, at first I was like, God, how are we going to fill the time? And before I knew it, we were out of time. Yeah, like, exactly. I was like, yeah. people were still asking me things, and I was like, okay, I'll show you one more thing, and then I've got to go. We went literally so, to the last minute. Yeah, so I was happy because there weren't really any instances where I was just sitting like, so. Mm-hmm. you guys happy there was, what do you want I, to talk I about I was like yeah. alright well I'll show you this thing and yep. I was uh, showing them examples of how like when I bend needles I over bend because mm-hmm. it's super easy to like re- you know like basically just loosen out the needle a little right. bit by making but it's way harder to make the adjustment and but bring it in you can't bring it in you'll crush it so right. like or you could slip and cut yourself exactly you have yeah. to place your thumb right on the cutting surface mm-hmm. so that was something that we were talking about yeah. like how that when you bend a needle by hand the vast majority of the time it's not going to be perfect when you first try and do it you'll have to make little tweaks and adjustments yep. so I would always um, aim to overbend instead of underbending yeah exactly that's the same thing that I tell my, my other uh, piercer Evan because he started out as counter staff, then I apprenticed him. Now he has his full piercing license, but there are still a few days a week where he's still doing counter staff work with me, and he's the person that loads my statum cycles for me and all that. And whenever he's doing a piercing, it you know he'll, he'll say like, oh you know what kind of bend do you want? Is it left or right side? Are you piercing top to bottom or vice versa? And um, you know he'll make these bends, and it's really good to see like what his like level of intuition is like you know more bend less bend and i can tell him like well you know maybe bring it in just a little bit so it's more parallel or open it up just a little bit for me things like that and um it's good to to see him understanding why i want it and then after time he doesn't have to ask anymore he knows exactly how i want it because he knows how i'm thinking yeah that's what i was trying to get across was like i don't just want to teach you guys to bend i want to teach you why we're bending exactly why is this worth doing right don't um, just and, copy and, think yeah, it out if, and if apply it's not it. worth doing don't do it right like you know that's great. That's the, that's yeah. the perfect way. I'm so glad because I remember the conversation we had yesterday where you were nervous because you hadn't really instructed before. And I tried yeah. to say, you know, just basically, like, I've heard you talk to other colleagues before, and it's great. Like, you can articulate exactly, like, the, the point that you're trying to make, you know, and it's the same thing when you teach a class. Like, that that's always the most successful classes, yeah. in my opinion, is you're just, like, having a, a, a conversation with someone. You're not really trying to, like like order them to just copy you yeah i think that it, that it went really well and like for our freehand versus clamp class like mm-hmm. i thought that you know there was a really good balance of discussion and like how you do things and how i do things mm-hmm. and i was really happy with the level of communication that we had because i didn't want it to get to that point where we were just like looking at each other and being right. like okay are you gonna go are you gonna go like, right yeah. you know i i really didn't want that kind of like basically I hate dead, it when classes are like basically that. dead chemistry yep. and it's hard to have a connection and a chemistry with someone that you basically don't really know mm-hmm. or like see on a regular basis yep. so i was like really happy with how that went so thank you for that because i know that a lot of that was 
down to how you pass things to me as well. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I want to be realistic about it too because it's like, you know, sure, I, I'm I'm an uh, I'm an American with lots of experience, and I have the ego where it's like, you know, if you had had a panic attack and had to leave the room or something like that, sure, I could have just like ran with it. <laughs> I had but, to eat a banana. Well, yeah, I also had to eat a banana. <laughs> I, know, I was gonna like, die from not having a lunch so, break like, because I'd been talking for two hours straight. I was starting to get really jittery, and I was like. I made the decision in my head. I was like, I'm not fucking up this class. Right. I want to nail this class. I'm yeah. really excited about it. Yeah. I'm going to eat this banana. Yeah. So I've got the potassium to God do damn it, it I'm going to yeah. eat this potassium. Because if I don't, right. then it's like I'm going to be shaking. I'm going to be uncomfortable. Right. Not because I'm nervous, because I'm hungry. Right, because so you're like, malnourished. And this is an amazing opportunity for yeah. me. I'm not wasting it because I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to eat that power banana. Power through it. The power of bananas. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I was really happy. Like, for me, the biggest problem, it's like I was saying to you yesterday about being scared to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm just so closed off and insulated. Like, I mean, I don't interact a whole bunch with other piercers the way that I know that some people are really interactive in forums in a way that I'm not. And I'm yeah. very closed off and work on things in my own little way. So letting people in is is really scary because it's like... I have no idea if that's how they do it or if that's how they don't do it. If it is how they do it, are they going to be like, why is this person telling us stuff we already know? Yeah. Or if it's not how they do it, are they going to be like, why are they like doing this a totally different way? So it's scary just to let people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was just really supportive and really like and Somewhere in the back of your and... mind, you have that fear of like, you know, are they going to think what I'm saying is bullshit? Kind of thing? You know, or are they going to think that I'm, I'm not qualified to teach this class? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean yeah. like... Yeah, I guess a little bit. I mean, one of the things that I'm aware of is that, I mean, I don't really like to think about things like your sex and your age and all that kind of thing, but I'm younger than a lot of the people teaching classes. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, the majority of people that teach the classes are older and they're male. And there is that bit in the back of your mind where you're like, are people going to think I'm like a wee girl teaching a class? Like, and you're like... Like I'm holding your hand through it. Yeah, like I don't want people to like feel sorry for me. I want them to like treat me like I'm equal to them and like yep. what I have to say is valid yep. and those concerns were completely unfounded and nobody made me feel like that at all right, right. which was fantastic I never felt like I didn't even realize it till like really just before the classes but I was like huh like that's a thing that I hadn't really thought of it was something that hadn't really occurred to me but like you know everyone has more experienced than me they're older than me the majority of them are guys I mean it shouldn't matter but these things matter like pe- the way people relate totally to people that are teaching them matter it's it, yeah that's they a very do. valid criticism because so, yeah I mean a it's lot not a criticism it's, it's just an observation like I'm not yeah. saying they should split it 50-50 they should right. pick the best person for the job but I just mean like it was something that I hadn't considered before mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I wasn't just thinking about it in terms of me I was thinking like I'm representing a demographic mm-hmm. and then I was like I really don't want to let that demographic down. I don't want to look like I'm some like daft wee lassie. I want people to feel like I'm confident in what I'm doing because that's how I feel when I'm at work. So, and like, I'm happy to say my concerns were completely unfounded. Like I didn't feel that way. Nobody made me feel that way. I'll give you a little bit of criticism and it's, it's, it's positive criticism. Uh, so when I see people instructing, a lot of times they're very timid and they, they, you know, maybe they have a plan in their mind, but they kind of like, they read the crowd and it's like, well, you know, I want to make the crowd happy. And sometimes that's like bend to their will and just answer their questions. But you stood at the front of that room and you commanded the audience, not like in a rude way, you know, but you were like, look, this is the point that I'm trying to make. And I want to pull you with me. Like, do you understand this? I'm going to articulate it. And you did a really good job, especially for, for a first day instructor. It was really impressive. 
Yeah, there's a phrase that I've used quite a lot in the last few days in the run up to today, and that was like, you've got to grab it by the balls. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, and that was just what I was repeating to myself in my head. You yeah. know, I was like, this is your chance to do something new and do something interesting. Right. And you can either shy away from it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Or mm -hmm. you can grab it by the balls. You took that um, opportunity and you ran with it perfectly. Uh, and I was, you know, happy with the questions that we got asked and... Like at first, I was a little bit scared about people asking questions, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, "Ask me questions, I'll answer them because I have experience." Yeah. Sometimes, like beyond what people might realize, and um, you know, like it's just important to be aware that, like, of all of the of all of basically the wealth of knowledge that you have, like mm -hmm. it's not just to do with age. I know piercers that are like old scary men who have pierced for less years than I have or for more years than I have but have never evolved and still right. pierced like it's 1999 exactly so none of that stuff matters all that matters is like what you're doing day to day and what you're confident with and you know like the steps that you're making to improve mm -hmm. and after I really gave it some thought I was like you know what if anybody chews me out if anybody stands up there if, if anybody sits there and basically like has a go at me I'm just gonna say to them well you know what I'm here we're all here to learn I'm not saying I'm perfect I'm here to get better like you're here to get better mm -hmm. so after I realized that it just kind of made me a lot less scared about people criticizing Good. me because I was like well you know what I've been asked here for a reason obviously at least some people care what I have to yeah. say yeah and uh, it's not affirmative action people believe in your abilities yeah um so it just made me worry about it a little bit less because mm -hmm. it made me feel like, well, you know what, you know, if you don't know me, then you're going to know me. Like I'm going to, we're going to get to know each other pretty well right now. In That's this a class. perfect way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they're not going to forget it. You know, like you, you did a really good job in that class. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So did great. you. Well, thanks. Yeah. I've been uh, to your classes. And so did Brian. Right? Even yeah. though <laughs> technically. Oh my God. That was yeah. an extra bag of nerves. Yeah. Like, wasn't my... it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so oh just goodness. you know, between you and I, and I don't know if he listens to this episode or not, but uh, there was a point where you know he taught the Statham classes at the APP conference every year, and then you know the one year was like, bam, okay, you and me and Johnny Velez were teaching the Statham class, and it was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Like, you want us to teach this? Like, Brian's the expert, and uh, Brian was in the back of the room. And he was just like watching, and it was just like, oh my god, just like sweating bullets. Like, you know, he's the the world industry leader on knowledge of that sterilizer tell me about it i was yeah. in his anodizing class yeah how did that go uh okay yeah. like it went really good if anything it, we didn't have enough time right like we had an hour and a half and i feel like if it was him alone he would have been able to do a tight hour and a half mm -hmm. but being with me i felt that like having two presenters it definitely slowed it down a little bit mm -hmm. um so maybe it could have been longer so we could have done more live demonstration which we didn't get as much uh, of a chance to do but other than that like it was really good um Great. like we talked about it beforehand and he was like let me know if you have any criticisms and i'm like let me know if you have let me let you know if i have any criticisms what i'm yeah. gonna do is sell ice to the eskimos like <laughs> and, and uh but it was good like anodizing is one of those things that i'm pretty confident on like it's like i can answer a lot of questions about it i i have a huge amount of troubleshooting knowledge of anodizing like if it can go wrong it's gone wrong and i've somehow come around it yeah. so 
that was something I was less worried about because I really felt like I had a lot of anecdotal things I could add. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that if the class had been maybe two hours instead of an hour and a half, we would have had a little bit more time to do some more live demonstration, which yeah. I think is what people were really wanting to see right. in terms yeah. of like, I had a lot of people asking. How do you achieve certain things? Yeah, like a lot of people had asked me in the run up to that class, like, oh, I'm looking forward to the anodizing class. I want to see how you do Xing. And mm. in the end, we just didn't get the time to do that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the safety instructions when it comes to anodizing are paramount. Like there's no skipping them. Mm. We're not going to skip any sections yeah. about potentially stopping your heart yeah that's please don't really important. so yeah. maybe like i don't know if it would be worth doing having the uh the anodizing you know basic anodization class and then maybe just a separate uh, practical anodizing class where people just spend an hour and we just make some fun stuff yeah. like that would probably make a little bit more sense but this is the first time as far as i've ever seen brian collaborate with someone and yeah. i was through the moon that he wanted to do it with me mm -hmm. like of all the people that he must know that have anodizers, yeah, um, I was really honored that he wanted me to help him or That's to great. do it with him. That, that that must have been such a full day for you, but it, it seems like uh, by the end of it, like it was a great day for you. Yeah, um, yeah. like I, in a way, I was happy with how everything turned out. Mm -hmm. I think if I'd have had like, because I had the three classes back to back. I think if they'd have been on different days or at different times, it's like you're up and down and up and down. I mm -hmm. started at ten and I finished yeah. at four. Yeah, and so you just I never ran left. right through. Yeah, like yeah. I never let. I never had a chance to second guess. Right. Because that's something that I'll do. So if I did a class on like the Sunday, I'd be thinking about it all night. Mm. Then I'd do one on the Monday. I'd be thinking about it all night. Like I didn't have that. I didn't have any time to think. I just had time to do stuff. Yeah. So I was actually quite happy in the end of how it all turned out. Like. I kind of like enjoyed it in a way because it was like it made me feel as well like people knew who I was because I'd done three classes that day so mm -hmm. it felt a little bit less like I was talking in front of a lot of people that I didn't know right. and I'd answered questions from a few different people and yeah it just you know made it a little bit easier in the long run I think that having the three stacked classes on the last day was probably the best way that it could have gone for me mm -hmm. and uh, the order they were in was perfect because it was like workshop small room presentation big room presentation mm -hmm. so it worked up to that great um i don't know if i said to you but about my yeah i did I, about setting myself challenges yeah. like the day before i was so scared about even asking a question i started to get really freaked out because i was like how am i supposed to be teaching a class if i can't ask a question like if i'm too scared to interrupt and put my hand up and ask yeah. a question yeah, yeah. so like i made a point of saying something in every class just for one to figure out how loud i would need to be and two just to get a chance to look at everyone and see how big the room was yeah. and like just get a visual of it in my head so that it didn't seem like this scary unknown quantity. Well, you did a really good job with it. You know, I'm, you know, I don't want to say like I'm really proud of you, but I'm really proud of you. You, you, you. you did a great job. Yeah, that but never gets old. Important question for anodizing: How's your green? Oh, uh, it's what? Can you say on fleek? Is that still a thing? <laughs> it is. Is that still yeah. a thing? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, like one, of, it's actually interesting. One of the people uh, who came up to me after the class, I don't know if they were in the anodizing class, but it was, this was after the free hand piercing class. And they were asking about basically troubleshooting for anodizing. And this was right after the free hand class. So I've been talking for six hours. I'm starving. Mm. I can't sit down and get into a full blown conversation about anodizing. Cause I can talk about that till the cows come home. Right. So I was just like, well, what is the problem that you're having the most? Just tell me what the problem is that you have the most of the time and we'll see if we can solve that because we can go into like the little variables for hours and hours. Um, and he told me about it and 
the advice that I gave was, you know, if you're anodizing jewelry, it's not enough to create a swatch of like 16 librettes or 16 barbells. You have to test all of your different sizes mm -hmm. and different shapes yeah. and different models because I have pieces from the same brand in the same material mm -hmm. and they anodize completely differently. An eyelet versus a barbell. There, Yeah, there yeah. are some things that like if a customer orders, I'll say like, yep, absolutely, that's no problem. But there are certain pieces that set off alarm bells in my head that I know to be troublesome. So you have to have that knowledge of what you're stocking. Yeah. You have to test everything. Right. Test like all the different shapes. You don't have to test every shape and every color, but shoot for green. Yeah. See what things throw up problems straight away. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, so like there are certain things where there's, I mean, I will try, I think I can get a green on anything, but there are certain things where it can be problematic and there are some certain instances where someone will ask for a certain piece that I know can be troublesome and I'll say, look, uh, I should be able to make this up for you because we do the custom ordering. I mm -hmm. prepare it for them for the next day. Um, there's like a minimum 24-hour wait for any anodized jewelry just to oh. give me time to work through everything. Um, and I'll just be like, you know, I can do this color for you, no problem. Just in case, sometimes this piece of jewelry can have difficulty reaching this color. Mm -hmm. Is there a second option that you'd like? And like, I'll set that in place at the time they order because I don't want to disappoint anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to phone someone up and say, remember when you ordered that green? Actually, I was wrong and I can't make it green. You know, I'll say to them at the time, like, is there anything else that you would prefer? Is it only that? Just so I can kind of at least plan if there is a substitute. Do you do and, any polishing in-house? Uh, just hand polishing. Okay. That was something else that we touched on briefly in the class was like, um, you know, if you're going to be doing polishing, it's like a whole other thing. Right. It's another room. Yeah. It's another ventilation problem. So I just do like a brief hand polish to remove natural oxidization on jewelry. You can remove um, like botched anodization by hand polishing, mm -hmm. but it is not fun. No. Um, you can like in an emergency if it ha if it has to be done, then it can be done, but it is really rubbish. Yeah. But um, just doing a brief, you know, two to five minute hand polish on jewelry can really make all of the difference if you're trying to achieve a high-end color mm -hmm. like green. And any time I've not done it, I've wished that I'd done it. Yeah. Like any time that I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. It's never fine. Right. Whereas any time that I just do it for just literally two to five minutes. Yeah. And that fits the, the volume of jewelry that I have to process anyway. You know, like I'll have like a handful of customers a week that want custom anodized sets. Mm -hmm. So um, just to make sure that I'm not too hammered with stuff to do i'll say to them okay well i'll get all that stuff made up for you for tomorrow at the end of the day i sit for half an hour and i work through everything so i can give everything a little bit more time so i'm not jumping on and off everything yeah because what i don't want to say is oh that'll take five minutes mm -hmm. i go and do it and then all of a sudden something's not working mm, and i have to come yeah. back and then it makes me look like i don't know what i'm doing right. so instead i'll make sure that i have the time there and if i know that the piece of jewelry that I'm anodizing has had some difficulties reaching a certain color in the past, mm -hmm. I'll at the very get-go like lay the, lay, lay the foundations for there maybe needing to be a substitute color Great. or saying like, is there something else that you would like? Is this the only color that you would like? Yeah. Just so that we at least know what the options are and I know what the stakes are when I'm doing the work. Good, yeah, I mean, I get really nervous sometimes with green. It doesn't come up that often, but you know, if I only have one piece of that in the studio yep. like a, a good example is someone came in and they wanted like inch and a half eyelets and I only had one pair of titanium in the whole studio yep. and they're like oh I love green and I was just like oof yeah. god sweating bullets and for the people listening uh, the reason green is so difficult is because it's it's pretty much the highest voltage that you're yep. going to be anodizing at and it's really easy to think of it in like terms of cooking 
where you can overcook a food. Yeah. You can over anodize the jewelry where you get oh, kind of like a more like a, a pastel kind of color than like or a, like a uneven color. distribution. Right. You know, right. burnt on the outside, soft on the inside. Right, and especially with larger jewelry where that that because uh-huh. it's voltage and the voltage yeah. has to distribute around a large piece or like a thick piece of jewelry. There are just so many variables. Like I think a lot of people that maybe aren't as familiar with the type of anodizing that I do at least is that they think that it's just science. You Mm -hmm. plug in a machine, you follow a set code, and that's what gets you the results. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that, um, you know, the size of the cathode makes a difference. The size and material of the anode makes a difference. The size of the piece that you're anodizing Mm -hmm. and the surface area makes a difference. The strength of your solution. What the substrate that you're using in your solution, like everything makes a difference Mm -hmm. and there are little tweaks that need to be made all the time and problems get thrown up all the time like like uh, companies producing inconsistent jewelry and uh, different products that each anodize slightly differently because maybe the finish isn't exactly the same on all of them so you have to really know all of that stuff and that's something that just comes with practice using the unit and it's not like you just get there and you just do a quick swatch of like making like you know 16 librette studs and all of a sudden you can anodize anything Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's important to be aware of like all the problems that can occur. Right. One of the other things that I handed out in the class was like an example of uh, two barbells, one anodized to hot pink, well, one anodized to like 84 volts, something like that. Both had been anodized to 84 volts, same time, same bath, same everything, same jewelry, same manufacturer. One of them was fucked, the other one was perfect. Okay. So I went into explaining why that was and how that happened. Um, so that was something that I felt was really useful because I was like, nothing has changed in yeah. terms of... Was ev- it like too much contact time or something? Well, uh, for one thing, I hadn't reacted um, my niobium wand okay. so that it was competing for the current of the jewellery. Right. So that had an impact on the first one. That was something I should have reacted my wand beforehand because mm-hmm. um, it was a basically like a clean wand you should always react your wand before reacting any jewelry Mm -hmm. um but also the fact that like i was calibrating my anodizer i was testing the jewelry to make sure that the percentage because i didn't have my swatch with me so i was just like okay so let's take it to 15 just make sure that's a nice strong bronze um let's take it to plum now let's take it to silver let's have a look at what it looks like at 50 volts then I put it to 80, then I anodized it. And for me, anodizing a high voltage color and putting up in those little steps never yields a good result. Um, if I need a nice hot pink, I will start it at hot pink and I will just tap it very, very briefly. Okay. So that was all about like technique of how I'm literally applying contact to the jewelry. Mm. So like everything else about it was the same apart from literally how I was applying um, the anodization. So, right. um but that's such a tiny thing, and it's. It is. It, it's like it's an art. You know, it's not just like you know applying science, and it's like poof. It's like whatever color you want it to be. It's like yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to have this nuance of understanding. Like you know, I can do this, but I can't do this. I can do this, but I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I I, I would have loved to have been in that class, but I actually needed a nap like very badly today. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, I feel like the day went great for us. I, I love this conference. You know, it's just the energy and the, the community and, and all that stuff. It's really fantastic. Um, but the really important question for you is, who's your favorite wrestler? Who is my favorite wrestler? Oh, you're asking a different question yeah. because it's like, there's like the child in me that likes to watch a performer. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the woman that loves eye candy. Okay. So. Right. Well, give me both. If we're getting who's your for... who's your favorite wrestler to watch on TV? Okay. Versus who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Who's my favorite wrestler of all time? Yeah. 
Oh, you know, I didn't have to think because, like, I'm trying to think of it like when I was a little kid and yeah. like the person I would be like. Oh. Have you always liked wrestling your whole life? I would say like. Or since you were a of, child, it's one of the few things that me and my brothers enjoyed together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like always a fight as to what to watch on TV, but right. like that was that and Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. were like that. There was silence. There was no yeah. fighting when it was either wrestling okay. or Dragon Ball Z. Um, I don't know, like. It's so hard to pick one because they have stages, you know, like they all right. have like, they all have eras where they're on a really good run and there are some things that like you just completely love. And sometimes like later on down the road, they ruin it all by doing something terrible. Yeah. Did you see the Big Show's retirement match? He had a retirement match? Well, yeah. The, the one where uh, he got put through the steel cage. And he got injured. He's having hip surgery now, so they're not yeah. going to be letting him wrestle again. So well, that's basically them putting him out. I think he will wrestle again eventually, but Maybe, I think I but, think they give him a soft retirement where if he doesn't come back, they give him a send off. He did his vintage elbow drop. Yeah. He referenced before the match that in no one in any of his years has ever been able to like put him out of a steel cage, and then oh, it wow. happened. Okay. So like they made all of these like references to like no one's ever done this to me and then Braun Strowman does it to him and uh, he does his elbow drop and like the commentary guys are like he hasn't done this in 20 years and everything about it just screamed retirement match mm-hmm. and like oh like have you ever seen him doing interviews he cries all the time he's just like the sweetest man he's an amazing person yeah like I watched the um what's it called you know the one that Corey Graves was doing where he asked them about their tattoos mm-hmm. Like, he asks the Big Show about his uh, tiger tattoo, and halfway through the interview, the Did Big Show... Well, I don't know if he cried in that one, but he turns the interview around, and he's like, so, Corey, how are things going with you since your concussion? And all of a sudden, he's interviewing Corey, and he's opening up to him like a therapist. Wow. And, like, he just seems like the loveliest man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he must be, like, the best brand ambassador that they have. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like it's like you see these people on TV, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you're a character." But when you see him, you're just like, "Oh no, you're you're a person, and like you're a hero, basically." You know. And I haven't ever heard any like bad things about him. You know, yeah. sometimes you're like, "Oh, so and so was a dick." Right, this guy's a prick. Like, yeah. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, good. Um, I'm trying to think of who is like my favorite right now, yeah. and it's Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, like, I love him. I love like, like I I'm really i feel like they're teetering on the edge of ruining him and i'm mm. praying that they don't yeah like the matches that i watched with him and samoa joe like i was like usually what happens is i'll put the wrestling on it's like two and a half hours long i'll do yoga i'll do mm. other things i'll dip in and out i'm glued to the screen when he's on i'm like i feel like they're going in potentially a really dangerous direction and i i hope that they keep it steered on a path that's going to be good for him yeah um, and not lose that mystical quality that he has and not make too much of a joke out of him right um, and keep it serious mm-hmm. what the hell is the thing with the artist what happened to the king of strong style yeah the i hate it when they have somebody in have... nxt and they do amazing and then they they bring them up to the main roster yeah. and they change, like finn balor is now like the demon king yeah you know? and it's like and he's really? in a feud with bray wyatt like... yeah i get it yeah but <laughs> yeah, but Shinsuke, yeah, I, I, I can, I can see him either like being amazing and being like yeah. the next big thing. I mean, he's or, amazing, no doubt. It's just how he's written, like. Yeah, I could, but sadly, I could also see him just running out his contract and then going back to Japan and being the biggest thing in New Japan wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that they do something good with it. Like, Me I too. feel like 
like they've been given such an incredible opportunity, like the popularity that he had at NXT. If they literally just spunk all that away and let it fizzle out, they've got some serious problems mm-hmm. with their writing team. Right. Because they've been given gold and it's like they're somehow managed to turn it into shit. And right. like right. that that to me indicates a problem with the writing, uh, you know, more so than it does with the wrestlers. Because mm-hmm. he has, you know, I feel like sometimes they put him in positions where he has to kind of awkwardly cut a promo. Right. Uh, and it's not a strength you no know, it's not let him I, kick people in the in face in his defense I feel like he's getting better at it and he, he is. is doing his best right. but like at the end of the day like he has a very heavy Japanese accent does, so yeah. like that's always going to be there he can't just shake that off right. and I don't want um, the audience to become alienated to him Right. and the king of strong style was like the coolest name and see when we watched the uh, is it when Dolph Ziggler comes out and he's like who is Shinsuke Nakamura who is this guy nothing would have made us happier uh, than for him to come out and be I'm the king of strong style right. but, but he, he didn't say that artist. he yeah. said I'm Shinsuke Nakamura and he said it with a gum shield in so no one could hear what he said right. and like it seemed like that perfect moment that he could have said I'm the king of strong style and he didn't yeah. and people are still holding up strong style signs and that's such a cool name why would you want to be the artist why are they calling him Prince all of a sudden like yeah. why are they feminizing him so much yeah. like they're taking all of like like he's masculine in an unconventional way and it's as if they don't know how to handle it, so right. they're like being right. all weird with it. It's because if you put him, like actual King of Strong Style, up against most of their roster, he's going to annihilate them. And I think they're scared of that because he was he was built in Japan, and now they brought him in, and they want to basically like reduce him into being like, no, no, now you're ours, and you have to be at the same speed as all of ours. Like we had the idea that maybe he was. Um... They want to stop referring to him as the king because Triple H is like the king of kings and like God, I hope it's not something as silly as that. Uh, like maybe they were wanting to like limit the king mm. terminology. Like I really hope that's not the case as well because yeah. that's the coolest name. It is. And what was yeah. Triple H being like largely in charge of NXT? You would think mm. he was like he would like you know be in love with that title as I well. I feel like the issue is that uh, you know, obviously Vince McMahon is still like the the guy at the top of the food chain, yeah. and he's he's a bit older. He's maybe a, a bit more attached to earlier generations of wrestling, and he's not he doesn't appreciate that whole like indie scene kind of thing. And he doesn't appreciate some of these guys that have come up through that indie scene. And I think it's the same thing with somebody like a Shinsuke Nakamura or like a Kevin Owens or even like an AJ Styles, where he just doesn't get it. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that you're right. I think that something's definitely been lost with his promo cutting. Not for lack of him doing a great job, but it's just he was better silent, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming back to what you asked me, like if I had to pick like pure eye candy, mm. I, I hate to be like stereotypical, but it would be Dean Ambrose because he does yoga. Really? Yeah, like he does yoga. He's all bendy and like yeah. like ropey and tall. I and do I don't not even like care his about, like, the, uh, I don't even care about like, the, the hair, shtick. like because he's so much yeah. taller than me. I wouldn't even be able to really see it. Right. We could do yoga together right. and right. like. But, like, in real life, he probably wouldn't want to hang out with me. So yeah. It's fine. You know who I really like, and I, I don't think a lot of people other like him or, or really, like, appreciate him? Well. Jinder Mahal. Yeah. I, like, yeah, because he was, like, he went from just being, like, a jobber to now he's the world champion. Yeah. Like, he's got the craziest physique because he just he's busts his it. ass in the gym. No yeah. one can call him on that. No. But, have you ever, like, do you do the thing at school in America where it's, like, snog, marry, avoid? Mm-hmm. 
Like, so like, if, if I'm taking like Dean Ambrose's pure eye candy or whatever, I would love to be in a relationship with Cesaro because I think he looks like he has a really clean kitchen. He would really take care of I you. I think that he looks like he, like I would get He'd up in the morning dinner. and he would have cleaned the whole place. Right. And he would be like, oh, hey, I've made you this coffee. Like he's drinking right. coffee. Right. I think he would treat me real nice. I made you an artisanal omelette. Yeah. Like I think long term, it wouldn't work between me and Dean. Right. But Cesaro and I could have a shot. Okay. Uh, I think he's like probably one of the world's most eligible bachelors, mm -hmm. if he is indeed a bachelor. Who knows? I don't know if he is. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really gave that a lot of thought there. You really did. Okay. What about you? Uh, let's talk about female wrestlers. If female you had wrestlers? To, uh, if you had to like, if uh. you had to just like have like, if you were in a long-term relationship with a female wrestler, who would you pick? Oh, the female wrestler. See, you had to be around them on a regular basis. It's tough basis. because there are so many different female wrestlers that I like for so many different reasons. If it really had to boil down to one, I... And like I, if you were going on a double date and I was bringing Cesaro and you were bringing... I don't want to throw around the term goddess because that's so cheesy, but Charlotte Flair is a goddess. If anyone's called themselves a goddess, it should be Charlotte Flair. Yeah. She does the splits when she comes into the ring. Right. And she has, like, guns. Right. So, and, like, like, uh, like Xena Warrior Princess boobies. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah I would, that if would I, be If fine. I'm going for just, like, pure looks, I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, Natalia is so, uh, like, just alluring to me because I imagine she could just, like, beat the shit out of me. <laughs> like, just punch me in the face. This maybe like, speaks man. to, like, my low self-esteem, but do you not feel like if you and me went on a double date with Cesaro and Natalia, oh, no, Cesaro and Charlotte Flair, they would just hook up and fuck off without us. And we kind of, left, and we like, would just be like, oh, let's talk about oh. anodizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they, their eyes would meet across the table yeah. and they would suddenly realize what mistakes they were making. Right, they right. would question their life choices. Yeah, and they'd be like, why are we here with them? No, uh, my so my, my friend Hila back home, she's a she's a, a big wrestling fan and she just loves Becky Lynch and I, I feel like Becky Lynch just has the best personality like she's just the kind of person where you could either just like marry her or just like travel around the world you know? I think she seems like a fantastic laugh but she needs some better signature moves because right. I'm not feeling the straight fire right yeah okay that is cheesy I'll give you that yeah in her outfits it's like yeah, I get that steampunk is a thing, but it doesn't really seem natural for you. No, it doesn't. Like, I feel like some of her outfits as well are a little bit not form-fitting. Right. Like, sometimes she'll wear tights without wearing the extra pants underneath, and mm -hmm. it's like you'll see that, like, baggy tight thing right. going on. Yeah, like the, the the frilly butt kind of thing, and yeah. it does do it for me. Yeah. What do you think of Bailey? Uh... Like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like people have really turned on Bailey because they're just sick of her pish. Yeah. Like... The shtick is kind of like fizzled. Yeah, I feel yeah. like she had her chance to really like man up in the candlestick match, mm. and she didn't. And after that, people were just like, "We don't even care anymore." That was right. Rude. Like there was a whole build up that you were going to show Alexa Bliss, and you didn't. And now we're done with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of done uh, with Sasha Banks a little bit um, because, of course, you know, like the way they've written it is Alexa Bliss is right. She drops right. every title defense. Yeah. I. This is not a very popular opinion, but I like Tamina. Like yeah. I like I think Tamina looks like she doesn't she looks give brutal. a she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like, like she's kick just her teeth like in. I believe Tamina could kick my ass. Right. Like where some of right. the other ones look like if we got into it they right. might be too pretty to you really punch to really in the take mouth a punch. And cry. Whereas yeah. like Tamina could kick my ass. Yeah. Like here's a good question. What do you think of Asuka? I like Asuka. Yeah. I think that she is probably the most um gender defying not defying like 
She transcends gender. She's she the most gender transcending female right. wrestler of all time, right. I would say. Because when you watch her, you're not watching the women's wrestling. You're watching a wrestler yeah. because she really knows how to smack talk mm -hmm. and she knows how to basically just like put her opponents down. Yeah. And it's like she does it as good as any of the guys do, if not better. Mm -hmm. And she struts like a peacock. And like she just does it in a way that is so not sexual. I, I but love at the same time, exactly. She's she, she doesn't you know, go out there and show off her great. body. She just goes out there and I brutalizes mean, like, yeah, people. Yeah, like she has an amazing body, but at yeah. the same time, nobody's that's not her about gimmick. That. Yeah, and, and I feel like Charlotte Flair has that a lot as well because mm -hmm. again, she's gorgeous, but like she is ripped. Like, right. But at the her same time, her athleticism is really impressive. It, it's not too like. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with the woman, like, sexualizing her. Right, you know, right. there's nothing wrong with celebrating yeah, that you know, as well. Yeah. I just mean, I feel like Asuka is probably one of the only wrestlers I can think of who, when I'm watching, I don't think of her as a woman or a man. I yeah. just think of her as, as a, a wrestler right. who's, like, kicking ass everything yeah. she does. So yeah. I really hope they keep the undefeated streak going when she comes up to Raw for what as I, long What as I'm possible. terrified of is, like, when Shinsuke Nakamura was in NXT, you'd kind of say similar things, like, you know who can beat this person like he's he's so brutal and, and so capable yeah. and Asuka has the same thing and it's but like but yeah. Asuka has the longest undefeated streak right. of all time of anyone not just for females or female. but of all so her streak beats Shinsuke's streak yep. so like it's so valuable. They have yeah. really banked all that and built that up over mm -hmm. the last three years that they really need to capitalize on it. She right. can't like just like fall to someone exactly. early on. It, like, it would be it would be a tragedy yeah, if they like, did that. They have what they have there is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have any other undefeated female wrestlers. They you know what to I want to see? I really want to see Asuka versus Charlotte. And yeah. I want to see it in a huge Ooh, match. Oh, that would be good. That huge would be like match. that would be one of those matches where like you really are happy with whoever wins. Exactly, because they would both be deserve amazing. it. Yeah. yeah, and you know who like you know, and I know they still have a long way to go to to really get where they want to go, but like. For tag teams, the authors of pain. Yeah. They need to just come in and annihilate everyone. How everyone. scared are you of those twins? Is it the Ealing brothers or like something like that? The Ely brothers. Ely the, brothers. The ones that are like sort pseudo religious. How or terrified are you of them? They look identical beyond all reason. They do look identical, but it's They're like that. Scary. That doesn't do it for me. That comes off as a gimmick to me. Like I need to see a good match with them. Yeah, they, no, they that, haven't done I, a match I, I haven't seen out. any good matches. I just yeah. mean like as an aside. How creepy! It is like, creepy. They are so identical. If the it's Usos like... didn't have those different tattoos, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart, honestly. Well, they're fraternal. You know, like, they're not... Um... They're not identical? No, they're they like... They look so similar. No, they're actually, like, non-identical. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, they do look really similar. Really, with the different yeah. different hairstyles yeah. and everything. Yeah, one of them should at least cut their hair or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love the cracks. I did love the cracks that the New Day made about them being, like, out of shape. Right. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And I feel like ever since then, they've been really working on it. Yeah, <laughs> they got to buff it out. They got to yeah. hit the gym with Jinder Mahal or something. Uh, so we'll probably be merciful and stop talking about wrestling for okay. the people that are just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But we're about. having a good time. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. See, like, it, again, it's just there are so few people. Do you know Alex Wilk Wilkins? Works no. with Charlie? No, I don't. Super wrestling nerd fan. We've gone to a couple of wrestling shows and, you know, we'll be going to a few more. He went to, like, the Dream Tag Team Invitational with well, me. Well, sometimes I feel like a bit of a fraud because, like, yeah. I'm not, like, like a deep-cut wrestling fan Who the way cares? that a lot of people are. Like, I watch it like my stories. I watch Raw. I watch SmackDown. Like, you don't need, you don't need like, indie cred. You know, like, but I, you know, I'm a regular viewer. Like, I keep up to date with everything. Yeah. But I, like I said, probably don't know all the deep-cut stuff like a lot of people do. Who cares? 
Yeah, who cares? I mean, it. Whatever. You, you're a wrestling fan. You're passionate about. It, you care about it. People like different things. You know, you like yeah. WWE style. Some people like Japan. Some people like Britain. Whatever. Who cares? You know, you like wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Would you so. like to talk about something other than wrestling? What do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. I mean, how how long are we going? We've got an hour and eight minutes in so far. It's just flying by. Yeah. We or however just... long it once I edit yeah. it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's end on a piercing note. Okay. So, like, what do you see yourself doing in the future? Like, do you, do you want to teach more classes? Well, um, I was invited, I've been invited back to do more next year. Great. Um, Nicole invited me to come back. What's, like, your the... dream class? Like, what would you want to, if you had, pick anything you want, what topic would you hit? I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think, like, what is something that I feel like I'm good enough at doing that I can give something back to people about mm -hmm. it? Um, and it's, it's really hard, like with the anodizing, I mean, like, yeah, like I feel very confident on anodizing in a way that a lot of other people don't just cause I've again done so much troubleshooting. So there's, yeah. there's obviously the anodizing, but I don't feel like I could teach an anodizing class by myself cause it's not me that sells the anodizers. It's Brian and he has a lot more technical know-how than me. He does. Whereas... But I mean, to be honest, nobody has more technical information than him. Yeah. But I mean, you're, it's that's... practical. See, the thing about it is piercers don't need all that. If technical it was info. purely practical, like I think I could probably hold people's interest for a wee hour or so doing some weed patterns and things like that. I think yeah. I could do that. Um, I mean, what, like, you know, you don't need to give an answer now, but you have plenty, you have a year, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, think about like what you're passionate about. Think about gaps in the industry. Think about what this market needs to yeah. know and make a class to, to suit that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. There were, I mean, there were a few things that I thought about this year, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, mm. and I certainly don't want to pick holes in anyone else's class, so right. I don't really want to talk right. about that. Well, I mean, like, you can even do, you can do the same subject, but a different perspective. Yeah. You know? Um, do, you ever, do you ever see yourself maybe instructing at the, the APP US conference? Well, like, it's like I was saying to you before, I'm so insular and tucked away. Just coming to this with like 100 people has mm -hmm. been like, I've never filmed a video before. I've never shot, well, apart from like wee little tiny things on Instagram and stuff like that, it doesn't even really matter. Yeah. I've never like stood in front of a bunch of people and say, this is how I do this because of the assumption that what do they care how I do it? Right. And, you know, like I've just never done anything like that before. So I don't know, like, I think I would be pretty scared to do something like that. Like I've never been to the, to the APP conference mm -hmm. and I would just feel like, the tiniest fish in the world's biggest pond. Yeah, no. but you know, don't don't let that stop you because yeah. you have you have information. I mean, like and you're tiny good at fish grow up it. to become big fish. Yeah, tiny fish grow up to be sharks and yeah. whales. So I'm not yeah. saying that I couldn't do it. Like, like I am. One of my great flaws is that I'm crea forever creating work for myself. Like, as soon as it's I finish a curse. task, I'm like, great, that's done. Yeah. What's next? Okay, now I need to improve this. So right. like. I'm constantly doing that. So knowing me, like, I know if I set my mind to it mm -hmm. and that was the goal, then it could happen. But, like, at the same time, I want to stop and ask, like, is it needed? Like, do people right. care? Right. Do people yeah. want to hear what I yeah. think? Like, I don't know. Maybe if people particularly wanted to hear a UK perspective, then what I could say might be relevant mm -hmm. in, in terms of that. But I, mean, I don't, don't know if don't I could say anything. paint yourself into that corner of, like, you're just, like, a UK or a Scottish piercer or any, any of that stuff. Like, you have a wealth of knowledge on, yeah. on various subjects. Um, just one of the things, to even today, that was intimidating was thinking, like, you know, 
what if I get called out by like an American piercer who's mm. basically just louder than me? Right. Like in a way, it doesn't even matter what they're saying. Right. When you get called out by someone that's just noisier and more confident, it's almost like it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. You automatically look like you don't know what you're talking right. about. So I was really grateful that that didn't happen. Good. Um, especially given that it was my first time and yeah. everything. I think that's why I'm kind of placed in those rooms sometimes because, like, no one is going to be louder than me. Yeah. yeah. So I can shut down people in, in situations like yeah, that. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't rule out um, ever doing anything like that. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say that I would never do it. And, yeah. like, a lot of people have come up to me today and said that um, my classes were really easy to understand and, like... Like you've said, easy to articulate, and that's an important thing. It like, really is. Um, because you can have all the information in the world, but if yeah. you can't like explain it to someone, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I thought that was a good thing. Like I thought people seemed to really like take something away from it, and mm -hmm. I had no idea how they were going to react. So it was a huge relief to have people coming up to me and saying that they enjoyed it. And, yeah. You know, like... You just never know until you get that feedback. And right. I've had enough feedback that I'm pretty sure that it went over really reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, um, I really feel so, like it did. Yeah, yeah like, I I mean, like, as I say, I've been invited back, so hopefully I can think of something interesting to talk about when I come back. I think Nicole was talking about just basically doing more of the same. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I can work on with a little bit more, like, notice now. So, yeah. like, I can make a little bit more of yeah. maybe a plan, but... Step it up or whatever you want to do with it. You know, I... I think the best classes are, like you say, just conversational. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So last question I'm going to ask you. Um, your all-time favorite finishing move. Mm. My all-time favorite finishing move. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Well, let me think. I don't want to say anything really cringy. No, no, no. Just uh, you know, go with the first thing off the top of your head. Well, I'll try and think of, like, finishing moves in particular is, is actually a really interesting subject because, like, I know that they water them down a lot, whereas there's mm. some people that really hold theirs out and say, this is only a finisher and you right. can't kick out of right, this. Right, right, right. Like the Dirty Deeds. Yep. Nobody kicks out of the Dirty Deeds. Right. Or very rarely. Whereas, like, who doesn't kick out of this skull crushing finale? Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. Right. So, like, once you've lost that, it's gone forever. Right. And they're holding that out with the Kinshasa for Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm -hmm. No one's kicked out of that yet. He's yep. missed it and they've kicked out, but no one's kicked out of that yet, so they're holding right. that out. Right, he nails it, yeah. Um... For finishing, like the 3D, maybe. Yeah. Like by the Dudley Boys. Yeah, like, that's a great I one. I always liked that, and I liked yeah. how the uh, Gallows and Anderson kind of sent them off with the Magic Killer, which is basically just a rip off of the 3D. Mm -hmm. So it made me think, like, obviously they must really admire the Dudley yeah. Boys, and they probably were quite excited about sending them off. The 3D is that move where when they hit it, everybody stands up and me and is like, oh, it's yeah. like totally brutal. Yeah. For me, um, oh, uh, and our, like a Frankensteiner. But again, oh, people yeah, kick out of the them all the time. Yeah, well, like, like the, okay, like the Hurricane no. Rana is sure, but like the yeah. actual Frankensteiner, like Scott Steiner doing it, uh -huh. like that was that was a thing of beauty. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's uh, it's 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 got to be a tombstone. Yeah. Like all time number one, like the Undertaker is like. They don't, don't they not let anyone do them anymore apart from the Undertaker? Well, the thing about it is, yeah, in the WWE, but you know, like people outside of that, like in the independent wrestling, like they use it, and it's like sure they'll overuse it, they'll use it a couple times in a match, people will kick out stuff like that, but it's still I love that move. Does it not make you die inside that like 
The Snatch Suplex by Randy Orton carries no weight anymore. It's such a cool wee thing that he does, and it's like it, it just is. slows people down by like three seconds, and nobody yeah. even cares. They just walk it off. It's because they're all, like with when it comes to Randy Orton, it's always that like they're waiting for that RKO out yeah. of nowhere. Snap Suplex, uh, yeah. draping DDT, and Ooh. RKO out of nowhere every yeah. match. Like that's all he does. I like him, and I completely respect him. I he's a Hall of Fame wrestler. He looks but, great. Like, like yeah, he, if you think he's about a dreamboat. He is a dreamboat. Yeah. He has a sweet can. Um, <laughs> but, like, he, if you think about it, him and John Cena have had completely the same trajectory. Yeah. And they're both viewed completely differently completely, yeah. and held in completely different regards. And right. that's just like a weird thing um, yeah. that I noticed. But he is a dreamboat. He is a dreamboat. He's yeah. a very handsome individual. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll be merciful and no okay. more no more wrestling talk okay. for this one. Okay. But if I, if, if I come back next year, if you come back next year, there'll um, probably be more we're gonna talk or about we can just more. talk without recording we can yeah. do that as well yeah, yeah. That's talk about wrestling like the passion the yeah. passion of wrestling um, so one more time uh, where can people find you in the real world and where people can, can find you online in the real world, people can find me at Forevermore Body Piercing in Glasgow, or uh, well, Forevermore Tattoo Parlor. And um, we have the subpage Forevermore Body Piercing, but it is Forevermore Tattoo Parlor. And online, it's Lola FMT, pretty much on everything, or Lola Slider Genital Piercing for genital work. Okay. None of the pictures are of my genitals. <laughs> Uh, okay, so thanks for taking some time uh, talking to me about piercing and especially Thank for, you for talking having to me, me about uh, body piercing. And again, great job today. You did excellent. Thank you. I had a good co-pilot. <laughs> thanks. Hi. Anybody still out there? Did you learn a little bit about piercing? Did you learn way too much about wrestling? Sorry about that. Uh, next week, I'll be back with another interview. And uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you're interested in either of those classes, the Florida or Maryland version, feel free to email me at ryanpba at gmail.com. Or you can check out the events uh, off of my Facebook page, Ryan PBA. And if you're interested in hosting a class, you know, somewhere out there in the world, you know, get in touch with me too. So I'll be back next week. And thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.